0: Welcome to Noclip, the podcast that's like a book club for people who don't think that books reward them enough for being good at them. I'm Chad Rutherman. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today, we're going to be talking about Outlast, which is a game that was developed and published by Red Barrels and was released in 2013 for Windows, and then on 2014 for PS4 and Xbox One, 2015 for Linux and OSX, and 2018 on the Switch.
1: But first, if you give us a like or a rating, it would be greatly appreciated. Outlast is a... I'm just
0: gonna... We're gonna codify this. Mm -hmm. And it's just... This is the real word for it now. It is a haunted house game where you go through a zone and you cannot murder anything. You just have to run away and hide. And in the subgenre of subgenres uh, of haunted house games below horror games, it is in the further niche of being a patrol enemy game. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is probably the first big breakout hit game that followed very obviously in the footsteps of Amnesia, which you can listen to us talk about last mm-hmm. year uh, on Halloween. And the both how early in the genre this falls and the reasons for
1: its success, I think, are both really obvious
0: when you when you replay it now.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or if you play it for the first time now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: especially like with the context of the surrounding games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've all played a haunted house game or two at this point, and... This does some things exceptionally well mm-hmm. and also feels like it's they're trying stuff for the first time. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I know I played it like the first hour or so around when it came out and it did, definitely felt a lot more unique at the time mm-hmm. than it did playing it all the way through this time.
0: Yeah, and, and that's just sort of a, a side pro- product of... I'm going to try that one again. That's just sort of a side effect of how popular this style of game had become, especially at the time. And then it's dwindled a bit, but it's now pretty established as like a a horror game regular.
1: Mm -hmm. It's Kind of got a boost in popularity because of uh, YouTube. Yes. And streaming. Yeah. And this is exactly
0: this is a YouTube ass horror game for sure. Um, (laughs) I want to I want to talk about tone and stuff. Uh, Because that's sort of, I think, what the game excels at. There's not really a whole lot mechanically to talk about, so we'll kind of get into the gameplay elements. Uh, I do want to throw out that this game... And all media that is set in a mental institution is going to be like inherently a little bit problematic. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give this game the fucking thinnest Monopoly get out of jail pass uh-huh. for it focusing primarily on like a corporation that has been experimenting on people. So it is not like literally being like you're in an insane asylum and everyone wants to kill you. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, they've all been like mutated,
0: yeah, but it's also because I like the game, like I'm yeah. just making excuses <laughs> for it. uh, so if this is the kind of game that puts you off, totally fucking understand and believe you if that is the case, mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah, we we're talking about it being a YouTube horror game, and I think that part of the reason for that is that this game relies more heavily than most of the, like, well-regarded Haunted House-style
1: horror games on Jump Scares. It has a ton of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that they're paced out well, though. Um, and uh, especially at the beginning of the game. Like, I think the beginning of the game is super, like, well-designed, mm-hmm. where, like, the, the standout moment in my mind is, like, you go past the guy in the wheelchair, and then you go through a room that's got, like, three guys just watching a blank TV, you go and you find a thing, and then you have to come back through. Mm-hmm. And you go past a couple of guys. You go back through the TV room, and then the guy in the wheelchair is the one that gets you. You know, it's like right when you get comfortable, mm-hmm. thinking nothing's gonna happen, is when it springs it on you. And um, it's where that uh, that term, like the haunt a haunted house game, I think really feels most appropriate, is because it does feel this is like. Parts of this game do feel like they're designed to, like a haunted house. Yeah, uh, it's just it's really well done, and it. I feel like the jump scares aren't done too often, where it gets annoying or becomes like less effective. They they usually spring them on you pre- at pretty good intervals.
0: Yeah, this is the kind of game that if you had asked me how I felt about it before this week, I probably would have been like. Oh, yeah, Outlast is one of the, like, classic greats of the horror genre. Like, a modern classic and Mm -hmm. whatever. And I'm still pretty positive on it in the long run, and we'll get into why that is uh, in the future. But, yeah, I think this is part of the reason that I thought it was so good when I played it originally. Um, And why it was good at the time. Like, I think that it only pales now in comparison to other things. Mm -hmm. Whereas... It's still totally effective in what it does, and uh, my biggest complaint is that the game does a really good job with its quiet moments, but there are not anywhere near enough of them.
1: Yeah, the first note that I have is, and it's going to sound a little weird when I say it at first, but I think you're going to know what I mean, is I feel like this is the Uncharted of horror games. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I agree. It's so quickly paced, like you're going from thing to thing to thing to thing. Um, it's even, it's got like a couple of height, uh, 10, like tense chase sequences. Like usually, um, I want to talk about it later, but I'll bring it up right now. There's like the sequence where you lose your camera. Uh, that I feel like would be way more drawn out and longer in another game. But in this, like you just go get it. Yep. (laughs) Um, you know, like it just, it's so quickly paced and uh, most of the time that's to its benefit. I think there's, there's some, I do agree though. It could afford to milk its quieter moments longer, and it would probably make for a stronger uh, overall product. Yeah, your like primary driving force to get through
0: zones is the fact that you have a limited number of batteries. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I've, I've, as far as I know, never run out of batteries in this game. There's a part in the DLC where they take them away from you, uh, and that's an intentional thing, and I'm not counting that, but. It, it it was never a situation where I was like, oh god, I'm not gonna have enough light to see anything. Uh, because in this game when you do not have night vision on it is just black. Like, you cannot see or navigate and there's no real way of feeling around because your hands aren't really there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, it has these moments very infrequently where you are sort of permitted to just look around. And This game spent so much time and presumably money on making it look as good as it possibly can. And this is a game that released in 2013. Now in 2021 still looks pretty good. Yeah, for the
1: most part. Yeah, it holds up pretty well.
0: Yeah, surprisingly well, considering it was something that was going for that realistic uh, sort of like art style. Yeah,
1: I do have to say I thought I remembered it looking better. But, like, the game is older than I thought. Yeah. Like, I remember at the time thinking it looked great. And when I booted it up now, it looks a little older. But no, it does hold up very well. Yeah, one of the other
0: things making it the Uncharted
1: of horror games yeah. is that it looks like <laughs> it
0: was a PS3 game because it was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, And and... Some of the environments are really good, and I like spending time in them. And by like, I mean I'm scared, and that's good. (laughs) And I'm running through them (laughs) instead
1: instead of spending time in them. Right. Um, Yeah, no, I I agree about the battery thing. Uh, I feel like I was, like, never even close to running out of batteries. Um, Mm -hmm. I think part of that, though, is from playing Amnesia because I remember, like, I would just, like, leave the lantern up too often and would run out like more fuel than I needed to right as I got further into the game I got better at just like kind of putting it up and then putting it back down and I was doing that with the camera constantly so I guess I was already kind of primed for this sort of mechanic right so I made it was eff- efficient with my battery usage I guess <laughs> um but I, I think it's a, a, an incredible mechanic and it's got like a really great first uh, like a, a great introduction when you first get to the asylum and then you climb in through the window and it's just completely dark and then you have to put the camera up to see, you're like, Oh fuck. (laughs) Like you're just like immediately like scared and like take a second to like take your first footsteps into the, into the room. It's a really affecting moment. Um, but yeah, I think we talked about it on the, um, The Hellblade episode, Uh, JJ was criticizing the, like, trope of avoid the dark areas by standing in the light, and I think this is a really cool spin on that kind of an idea, because it puts the control of it in your hands. Yeah. Like, you control when you see, like, you control when you're in the light and in the dark, essentially. Yeah, I think uh, because I I remember on that episode I also brought up amnesia as being an example. Yeah, and of it's that. yeah similar thing.
0: Yeah, the way that it abstracts it by being it's a drain on a resource as opposed to being like an unseen other mechanic mm-hmm. makes it a lot more understandable, uh, and it doesn't feel like it's an arcadey sort of system where it's like don't step into the darkness or whatever. It's like. I have to do this and therefore I have to expend my resources to do so. And I, I really do. I have to applaud the design of the game for, for having the balls to just make the game entirely black. Like when you are in a dark zone you really cannot see anything
1: unless you press yourself right up against a wall. Yeah. Or like you turn the gamma settings up way too high Yeah, (laughs) to burn your eyes out. Yeah. That
0: is the, that is like, I think really like the master stroke here because it really forces that mechanic in a way that a lot of games with these light source mechanics don't where it's just like, you can kind of just ignore them and save your fuel or whatever and just move through and use your regular human eyes to be able to tell what's going on. Uh in this game you really can't and and I, I really like that. I like that the game has that sort of God knows what happens if you do
1: lose all of your batteries. Because <laughs> I feel like you would just be totally <laughs> like, fucked like forever. You had to walk against the wall. Yeah. Um Yeah. So did you find yourself um exploring at all? Because I found like Early on, like, that first area, I, I was, like, always, I was, like, looking at all the desks, and I'm, like, oh, it's really weird that, like, every single phone here is off the hook. But, uh... <laughs> it is weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, right. but uh, no I'm looking at all the desks. I'm looking in every room on, like, the shelves and stuff, like you usually do in this kind of game. um But then I realized, like, anything important just glows blue. And, like, I kind of... Like, it, it kind of leans more into that, as I said, Uncharted kind of thing where... It's not really about exploring. You kind of always just want to be moving forward. So, like, it really kind of shifted once I got uh, past, like, the uh, basement generator part. I was like, oh, okay. This game doesn't really have slow-paced explory parts. <laughs> right. And that's kind of what I was referring to when I said I wish there were more yeah, quiet moments. Me too.
0: I wish that they were spots that were like dimly lit by natural light, so that you don't have to use the camera. Yeah, there's some of those. Yeah, but not enough. And they're great when they're there. Um, it's yeah, I I agree. I don't think that, I wouldn't call what I do exploring. I do, like, SWAT team room clearing. Yeah, like, (laughs) I just, I noticed
1: I was watching you play a little bit of the DLC, and it just, like, you went into a room and you were, like, looking at shelves, and I'm like, oh, I remember doing that
0: in the first hour of the game. (laughs) I feel like that had turned up more supplies and documents and stuff Uh, over the course of the game. Like,
1: there are things that you're gonna miss, and I have no fucking idea how much stuff that I did and did not get, um... Yeah, but, I think I found, like, 17 documents, and apparently that was not all of them, because I didn't get the achievement for finding them all. So. Fair.
0: Yeah, I, there's a lot. I I don't know how many I got. I didn't even look, if I'm being honest. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, somehow, even though I didn't care enough to even look at them... I mean, I've lo- I read the documents, yeah. but... Uh, It was a driving force for me to, like, want to actually go in and look at stuff. And the batteries in particular feel like they're important because you don't know when you're going to hit a glut of them.
1: Yeah, they're usually, though, and this is something I kind of like a lot, uh, but also kind of have a little bit of mixed feelings because it goes against those gamer instincts. they usually have the batteries sitting next to things that take batteries. Like, they'll be next to a walkie-talkie or they'll be next to a radio or something. So it kind of turned into, like, Look for those. Look for the Then look for batteries.
0: Yeah, you find them occasionally just on a shelf, or just yeah. on like the ground, like under, but it's rare uh,
1: under the, some stairs or something. Yeah, but it,
0: yeah, it was. I thought about this and yeah, it was, thought it was funny. You would just, like, they just basically had to put radios
1: all over the building. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, it's it's not, like, we're going to keep comparing it to amnesia, I think. But, uh, like, in amnesia, you're always looking on in every drawer, on every shelf, for uh, tinder, boxes. tinder boxes and oil mm-hmm. and those pickups. And that's not really the case in this.
0: No, yeah. It is, like, a bit goofy i would say like you you do know generally where batteries are gonna be but the game also does a pretty good job of letting there be empty space Mm -hmm. like there will be rooms with nothing in them uh there will be like drawers and stuff that are open and like things that look like set pieces that are gonna reward you with something that do not and I know that there are multiple difficulty settings, and I know that a lot of the change that happens on those is just they limit your resources more, so you aren't going to find the batteries in all those places. But just on normal, which is like the default, I think there is an easy below it, but I I didn't look. Um, they They are spread out enough that there are spots where you will go in and be like, you'll look for stuff and there won't be anything there. Oh, there's a radio, but no battery. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's like a, it, they tried very hard to make it seem like everything was sort of logically placed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know how much that really added to
1: the game. Yeah. I think I kind of prefer it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, It was weird at first, I think, uh, because I said it goes against your gamer brain that wants to be scouring for supplies and materials. But like, I kind of, I once that clicked with me, I had that moment of like, oh, okay, it's not that kind of game. Like, I appreciated not having to look in every drawer and on every shelf. Right. So I actually kind of liked that.
0: Yeah. And also, I feel like if they don't have clear signals, then you're going to end up wasting more battery than you find mm-hmm. by looking at every single thing. So I kind of agree. I think it was a good decision. I kind of don't like their decision to put radios next to every one of them <laughs> because it does seem like this place is just a like a like a, a, a repurposed radio shack <laughs> where you go in and you're like, oh, yeah, they shut down. We have all of these fucking AM FM radios, and also we put mental patients here.
1: I think it is common, uh, like a common thing for prisoners anyway, to be given radios as entertainment. Sure. And they're usually, yeah, and like the guards, they're always in like the guards' offices and stuff. Like I feel like they're in places that make sense, but uh, yeah, it it does kind of, is an element that kind of stands out. I I think it's more of the fact that it's an indie game. And there aren't as many, like, unique art assets as maybe, like, a AAA thing, so you notice that there are a lot of radios once you're, like, three-fourths <laughs> of the way through the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, the first... Well, not the first part, because the first part of the game takes place in, like, a, a foyer. most mm-hmm. Mostly. Entrance hall. Yeah. Sort of area. But you very quickly get ferried to a prison, and that's where the bulk of the second act of the game takes place. Uh, and only later do you... You eventually get outside and then into the female ward. Um, and the prison, to me, is the weakest part of this game. Uh, and <laughs> so, yeah, the radios make more sense <laughs> in the prison. But also, a clever segue into talking about the design of the levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that the reason I don't like the prison is, like you said, there aren't a ton of unique art assets. And it makes so much of it feel really samey and repetitive. Uh, there are only a few like big set pieces, and I feel like when you talk to somebody about Outlast, that is the thing they remember are the big set pieces. Yeah, uh,
1: I think, with the exception of like the opening part, like all the whole game kind of has this problem. And, like, the sewers, too, also stand out as being unique. Yeah. Um, but, like, I feel like yeah, there's a lot of reuse of assets, like those stairwells that are, like, gated off. I feel like there's a bajillion of those <laughs> in the game. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think I disagree, though, that the, the prison is probably the, the weakest part. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I had more to say there, but then maybe I didn't. It
0: sounded like you
1: might. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think the part of the reason that I think the prison is the weakest part is not necessarily because I think it is horrible. Because I think it has moments that are
1: really good. It's the yeah. It is where I quit the first time I've played.
0: Yeah, a little bit of uh, anecdotal evidence yeah. that maybe it's not so hot. Um, it is the part of the game where you climb up a ladder, and then when you get off the ladder, you pull the camera back up, and there's a guy right in front of you, mm-hmm. uh, which is, like, the classic Outlast moment, as far as, as, like, me and anyone that I talk to is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just really like the beginning of this game. Yeah, the
1: beginning is really strong.
0: Yeah, and I also really like the design of both the Underground Lab uh, even though that part of the game is a big fat nothing, mm-hmm. and the female ward, which I think is genuinely the best mechanically in the game, because it's the part where you lose your camera.
1: Yeah, I thought it was weird that there are no female patients, though. You didn't find all those documents, huh? Uh, I mean, I, I skimmed them. All right. Uh, the it's 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 well documented that I'm the kind of person that feels like, uh, uh, like codecs and documents in games are hard to implement well because you have to stop playing to read, mm-hmm. and that's not always the best game flow.
0: It is well documented that you believe that, but nobody <laughs> reads the documents, so they didn't realize. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> You're shouting into the void here uh-huh. on the Clip podcast. <laughs> uh no, I actually, I would, I was thinking about this all the way through to the end of the DLC, though. There is a, a document, there's several documents that, like, mention it, but the, I'm gonna use proper nouns here, and it's gonna sound stupid, so just bear with me, mm-hmm. but, and by use proper nouns, I mean I've already forgotten all of them, but the, <laughs> the whatever project, like, that, it's Project Wallrider is, like, the overall thing, mm-hmm. but they have, uh... Uh, basically a video that they make people watch. That's so like Rorschach images, uh, like cycling through mm-hmm. fucking clockwork orange style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I honestly should remember this because I've read the name like 50 times at this point, but it just meant nothing to me. Apparently had an effect on female patients and staff, like any f- women at all that, cause them to have phantom pregnancies that th- then miscarried and they die. Mm. which is weird and like sure. And, but I didn't get I'm sure that if I took a dive on the fan <laughs> wiki, uh-huh. I could ex- I could be explained to what that means but to me what it means is the developers did not want to make a bunch of models mm-hmm. for a whole other group of people to put in a different part of the game so they just didn't and they wrote in an explanation as to why that wasn't possible that does feel like
1: what happened
0: yeah <laughs> and like i can't even really blame them for it because this is like the game that people know red barrels oh yeah prior to this they weren't swimming in fucking capital (laughs) to make a game
1: Uh, so I would do a similar thing I'd say I made eight guys that's enough it is does it it makes sense with like the uh, the the patients and the um, inmates or whatever you want to call them but like it is weird that there's no like female doctors or like uh, security guards or anything it stands out more with that
0: yeah I, I fully agree. I, I think it stands out, and they try, I think they try and sweep it under the rug. <laughs> yeah. Man. There's a really memorable moment in the DLC that uh, you did not get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, the whole time I was playing the DLC, I was like, I thought the whole DLC was this one moment, but it hadn't happened in over an hour. And I knew the DLC wasn't that long. So I was like, did I... Am I thinking of a different game? But no, the mo- the moment of the DLC that is so memorable is ten minutes long mm. and is at the end of the DLC and it completely overwrites all thought <laughs> that you have about it prior to it happening. Mm. And that is, there's a guy, one of the patients, uh, with a suave-ass haircut who is taking people and f- surgically turning them into women and then killing them Uh, and it is graphic and it's a scene that contains a lot of dicks which this game is not shy about putting on screen and it's fucking it's traumatizing and weird and uh, is like a very classical slasher horror moment and you're like restrained for the duration of the scene so you get like it's just like basically a cutscene and it's so memorable, and you think that because of what this guy is doing and everything that's set up around it, that this is finally going to tie in to the, there being no women here and, like, maybe an explanation as to why this thing causes Mm -hmm. this other thing but no (laughs) there's like a note you can find later that's from like a director whose name is helen because helen Mm -hmm. is the one who can't come to the facility because it's not properly shielded from whatever fucking kills ladies Mm -hmm. and uh that's it that's all you get is that one note and pretty much i did not find an explanation that i thought was like comprehensive Mm -hmm. in the whole game the fuck were we talking about?
1: <laughs> well, the levels. That's oh, when yeah. we started, and, we, and then we immediately transitioned to female ward. <laughs> Why there are no <laughs> boys females. will be boys. Yeah, <laughs> and...
0: <laughs> this is a real man's game uh-huh. in that there are only men in it.
1: Uh, literally. I don't really have strong feelings on like the quality of the different levels, uh, other than I really like the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I feel like it was because it was so fast-paced that nothing ever really got the chance to, like, drag from me. Mm-hmm. Um, the only part that felt like it lasted a long time and not in a bad way was the part with after the doctor catches you and brings you up to the third floor of whichever building and, like, cut your fingers off and stuff. Like, that part, like, making my way through that into his eventual demise... Felt like it was a big chunk of the game in my memory. Yeah. I, I, and. It's a standout part. Like, yeah. I like that, that whole uh, chunk of the game.
0: And the doctor guy is like a cool villain character, mm-hmm. uh, which is like, the game has several like
1: stocking characters. Yeah. And he's the best one. I, yeah. I think anyway.
0: Because the most common one is the,
1: is the big beefy guy. I think I was, I was looking at some reviews and I think his name is Chris. It is. Yeah
0: yeah it's Chris Hardwick
1: yeah Chris Hardwick uh-huh. stalks you through the whole game <laughs> it's horrifying <laughs> talk about scary uh and he's the least interesting of all of them. yeah I don't know why but like
0: there's just something deeply uninteresting about his character uh, he's
1: just like a, like a, like a, the muscle uh like just big guy like big zombie
0: he's like big zombie he doesn't
1: have any character Like, the Doctor is the most interesting, because it feels like it's an actual named character who's Mm -hmm. stalking you, and not just a crazy mutant.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and there are a lot of times where, because they can't justify pulling him or some other named guy in, you will just be followed by, like, Dude with
1: Knife. Yep, and it's always it is usually dude with knife. <laughs> it is yeah, dude with knife makes if a big It's not big, Chris. <laughs> it's dude with knife. Uh,
0: and I just a lot of the times when it's dude with knife, I feel like it should have been no one, mm. and you should have just been moving and
1: and solving like a traversal puzzle. Yeah, like that. Was, that's probably my biggest problem with this game. Is the further you get into it, the more those cracks start to show. Of, like, the repeated content because it's, I feel like it's a bit too frequently that the gameplay loop is something is not working, go find two levers, pull them, and come back and hit a red button, uh, all the while avoiding Dude with Knife. Yep. Uh, so that you don't get killed and then get set back to the save point and have to do it all again.
0: Yeah. Dude with Knife in the basement. Dude with knife in the burning cafeteria. Yeah, and the doctor part are I think all good examples of doing this. Mm -hmm. And every
1: other one of them felt like padding. It works the first time at the beginning with Big Chris. With Big Chris, yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, yeah, I agree with that. And And in the part in the in the basement, even though. I found that part really hard the first time I played it, like, uh-huh. with the generator. Like, I think it works there, too, because of how, like, dark it is, and you're waiting in the water. Feels, like, extra atmospheric in that part.
0: Yeah. The game also shows a few of its cracks when... I guess this might change on like very difficult hiding levels. in lockers. Yeah, when you realize that you don't need to, and you mostly can just sprint
1: away from everyone... Yeah, effectively. Like, if they spot you, yeah, it is easy to kind of run circles around the AI. Mm-hmm. And like, in it just it stands out like a sore thumb as well when um you hide in a locker and you realize the enemy will always come in, <laughs> check the other locker that you aren't in, close it, and then leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's really bad when you're being chased by the doctor and you hide under the medical beds. Uh, that have no cheats or anything on them and you were so totally visible. Mm-hmm. And if there's another bed beside the one that you're under, he <laughs> will get down on all fours, look under it, and be looking right at you when he can't see you. Yep. Like, there's, like, a lot of little things like that. And, like, when you're in the locker, you breathe super heavy. Like, you, <laughs> you would be so... So noticeable. The
0: reason that they always check somebody else's <laughs> locker is because they know that the locker you're in is the one where old man Jenkins stores his iron lung. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, it's probably just added again, you know? <laughs> no, I agree. And also, there's like, there's a bit of clever programming in there where if you're in, if you go into the same room and hide in the same locker, they will open the locker mm. you're in and pull you out of it. Um... And sometimes you get fucked because it's hard to tell which thing you're standing in front of when you press the hide button. Yeah. Uh, Also, closing doors is a fucking nightmare in this game and never should be. Yep. You can only close them if you're standing, like, in the the door frame.
1: Yeah, and it seemed like some doors only, like, opened one way. Or, like, (laughs) I just couldn't get it to work the way I wanted it to. Yeah.
0: It's really... It's upsetting. There was a part in the DLC that I was playing like an hour ago where I opened a door, came in to the room, and then went around, did some stuff, and then like heard where the guy was. Mm -hmm. So I went back to the door and stood on the opposite side of the door and hit the Y button to close it. And you just do nothing. You just, the door is open and in front of you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And all you would have to do in real life push it. is push it or, like, even bump against it and it would fucking close. And your guy's like, no, nah, sorry, I can't do that unless I'm standing immediately in the over the threshold. Yeah. It's the only time I can close doors. Uh, yeah, it's weird. And it's weird that the game's been released so many times and they never patched any mm-hmm. of this to make it, it more not not realistic that's not what i care about user friendly yeah, yeah. cuz there are times when you know what you should be doing and just
1: functionally cannot yep yep and uh, so like what did you think about that the chase sequence and i don't remember which part it's in but you're, you yet they're like run through doors close them push the big heavy racks of propane tanks or whatever <laughs> it is in front of them and then at the end, you had to make that big jump at the end okay, so spoilers, Yes. for nothing
0: for my <laughs> experience of playing this game, every sequ- like stealth sequence was a chase sequence no I mean, for it's me. like a specifically like scripted
1: chase sequence, uh-huh. Is it the one where you're being chased by, like, three people? Yeah. It's, like, multiple dudes are chasing you. Yeah.
0: Dudes with knives. Yeah.
1: And then, like, even if, it, if you, like, block doors behind you, like, more guys keep showing up. and it, Or it might be the same guys. I don't know. Right. Okay.
0: Yes, I do remember this.
1: Yeah. I liked that part. Okay, it's just because you do a lot of opening and closing doors in that part, <laughs> that is
0: true. I feel like in that part, I didn't close a ton of doors, mm-hmm. which is which makes it a lot better. I feel like the actual act of of running in the game is pretty smooth. I mm-hmm. think that you managed like you do a cool like fucking mosh through the door, like throw it open animation when you are running, mm-hmm. um, and and this is my controversial opinion. I like when this game does weird platforming. It feels wrong and bad (laughs) that it's here, but it it is wrong and bad in a way that makes me go like, "Mm, I kind of dig this because it gives you more options uh, from a design perspective to like build out the levels. My issue that I have with it is probably that it's really inconsistent when you can jump on stuff, but I really liked its inclusion weirdly.
1: Yeah, I, I like it too, but like initially I had a lot of friction with it in that chase sequence because I missed that jump like mm-hmm. five times. Ooh. <laughs> um, so I had to do the whole chase. Like, cause I found that uh, in order to like do the jumps, I had to angle the camera down at the ground to know like when to jump or I would jump early every single time. Like, like it was like, cause it it fucked me up even uh, harder because I, I noticed that the plank of wood that you have to jump off of angled to the left. So I was like, maybe I have to like jump to the left. And then I like landed on a pipe that's like in there that I don't think you're supposed to be able to land on. And then I fell and survived the fall down into the pit. And then was walking around in there for, like, a minute before it just killed me and respawned me. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. You're the person that this never happens to. Yeah, I know. And then I was like, so am I supposed to fall in the pit? (laughs) It's something killed me that I didn't know? Or can I make that jump? And so I, like, got in my own head about that. And I was like, no, I'm just jumping early. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But once I figured that out, like, I always, like, because... There's lots of games where it's, like, you think to yourself, like, well, why couldn't I just jump over that? Uh Uh-huh. So I do like the inclusion of being able to jump and climb on stuff.
0: Yeah. It's interesting, especially, like, (laughs) because this game has its whole other version of that because it, it has outdoor segments, which it shouldn't. Uh, they're. Supp- I guess that like the, they're pretty uh, brief.
1: Yeah, they're very short, and it's not a big deal necessarily. Yeah, I like the part where you get out into like this little courtyard area, and it's raining mm-hmm. because it just it feels overwhelmingly like hard to see, like it, it stresses you out. I think. Yeah, because you're like, I don't know where to go. I'm gonna waste my batteries. Like I, I don't know. I stressed out on that part, and I thought it was pretty good.
0: No, I definitely did too, particularly on my first playthrough of it. Uh, but like even this time, it's like, oh yeah, it's like kind of useless to even use night vision because like there's nothing in the on the screen for mm-hmm. it to like actually show you. So you kind of like go through and like click it on and off. Yeah, and you're like, uh, is that no? All right, I'll keep walking. Uh, <laughs> but it's this this game's version of the I should be able to jump over that the waist high wall mm. is just trees. Your character's like, that's a, sorry, can't go
1: through that. That's a fern.
0: I'm incapable of moving through a fern. Yeah,
1: like these lightweight uh, hospital bed frames that are piled (laughs) up here. I couldn't just move those.
0: Yeah, precariously stacked. Like you could just sort of push
1: and it would all just go crumbling.
0: Blocking the door.
1: Yeah, no, I had to imagine, I feel like you've mentioned this about some other game, but I'm not going to be able to think of it on the spot, but I imagine, like, the outdoor areas or, like, some of the middle chunks of this game would feel like a slog to play through, like, on a repeat playthrough.
0: Yeah, I mean, my classic example of this is is Bloodborne in the uh, the Forbidden
1: Woods. Oh, yeah. But I believe that every I, game yeah, that I, you like, I know there's like a game on the podcast that you've brought this up about, and I wish I remembered it. Yeah,
0: I have a personal belief that every game that you like, that when you go to replay it, there's a part, there's that one part that you're like, ah, that's my least favorite part, and I don't want to do it again.
1: Oh, oh, it was Halo
0: oh
1: or whatever that level's called yeah you're like it's amazing the first time but when i replay it i'm like oh Oh, here we go (laughs) yeah the the library or yeah it was something like that the flood is the name of the enemy yeah and
0: it's the first level they show up yeah okay it's great the first time and then every time after that you're like boy that sure takes a long time (laughs) yep (laughs) yeah the outdoor parts are
1: absolutely that for this game uh I or was like the uh, choir in Amnesia yes. to keep making those comparisons.
0: <laughs> At least that's like a more. If you've played Outlast, you've probably also played mm-hmm. Amnesia. No guarantees that you've played Halo, though. I guess it's <laughs> pretty likely. Uh, no, yeah when i when I went back when we were like, let's do Outlast for the podcast because I haven't finished it yet. Et cetera. Yeah, I want to come back to it. Yeah, uh, I was like, I'll. Okay, and I thought about it, and I did not think of the zones that I did not want to replay. There are three things that I thought of. One was the basement turning on the the, the generators. Mm-hmm. So I've had a lot of people play this game, and nobody ever gets past that. <laughs> That's the first challenge in the game, yeah, and when you're playing it for the first time, ugh.
1: Yeah, in like a let's play a scary game, late night, fun time scenario uh-huh. like that is yeah like a breaking point for a lot of people
0: yeah but when you just as a hint if you're hosting a scary game late night fun time uh scenario for your friends, trademark trademark TMTM. TM, TM. <laughs> uh do there's games that you should play, and they're the ones that don't require a lot of mechanical input.
1: But this is a good game for that sort of like uh, social environment, like because the beginning of it is really great. Yeah, and even just playing up till that point, like, will be probably very enjoyable to people. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, I uh, uh,
0: I thought about that. I thought hmm. about getting off the ladder and turning the light on <laughs> and seeing the guy's face in front of you, and I thought about that dude getting cut in half, uh, in the DLC. And I was like, "All oh, right, that's Outlast. Those are the parts of Outlast that are that exist." Mm-hmm. And then you go into the sewer, and you're like,
1: "Oh right, gotta turn these valves. <laughs> gotta turn these fucking valves." <laughs> well, Big Chris chases me.
0: I even gotta give. I'm gonna give him credit for. The big Chris enemy, while mostly boring and I don't like him, <laughs> there's parts in order to get past him. The like end point is to go through like a little narrow passage and he can't fit through it because he's like a he's too big. Yeah. yeah. He's like fucking Mr. Hyde in the Leave Extraordinary Gentleman movie. Uh, <laughs> it's a very big man. Mm-hmm. And uh you go through and he can't he can't chase you. But then they fucking ruin it by using that same trick later on people who are just regular size well, yeah. people. It's
1: any of those little things that you can do, like uh like jumping up into a vent or like up through like a broken window or something, like people they just the enemies won't chase you. Yeah. They, yeah, fuck that. Yeah. Not doing it. Uh, what did we call them? Knife knife guy? Oh, guy with knife. Guy with dude, knife. Dude with, knife. Dude dude with knife. Yeah. Dude with knife, apparently <laughs> Uh, cannot, uh, fit through narrow passageways or jump through windows. <laughs> it's the knife.
0: is too big. Yeah. He was told not to run with scissors and he was like, I broke that rule, but I probably shouldn't jump out windows with scissors. Mm. Uh, or big knives, I guess. Yeah. 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 The DWK segments are probably the... <laughs> I really tried not to laugh. Are uh, probably the ones that are most ripe to be cut, honestly. Cut? Yeah, like uh, with a big knife. Yes. <laughs> oh god. Well,
1: uh, we've we've crossed a lot of bridges already. Yeah. Do we want to make our way over to the female ward? <laughs>
0: Do you want to go through the narrow uh, doorway out of this, <laughs> this studio?
1: After, After the, the break? break? Uh, I think we should do that. Yeah. I think dude with knife might get us otherwise. Uh, <laughs> Welcome back. What was your one note?
0: Uh, (laughs) I think this is probably the time to bring it up. Mm -hmm. Uh, The one note that I took for this game, because I just didn't want to forget it, Uh is that this game begins with a, a thing that pops up on the screen that says, Outlast contains intense violence, gore, graphic sexual content, and strong language please enjoy which is the most fucking edgy horror fan thing to say mm. and it really i think does a much better job of setting the tone than i probably would have given it credit for <laughs> when i first read it cuz it is really stupid but it is exactly that kind of a game uh and sometimes you're just in the mood for that kind of a game it's like sure the Friday the 13th of video games at times Mm -hmm. uh, where it really revels in the amount of like just bullshit that they put on screen at once. You're going around through the dark and the game will just like drape some organs on a pipe and be like, yep, that's where those are Mm -hmm. right now for no reason. Like (laughs) you don't get, there's no, I guess the environmental storytelling just at all times is people were killed here. But it's never like anything significant. It's just set dressing. It's like putting up cobwebs on your house for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just entrails in this case. Mm-hmm. It's Lots of blood on the walls. Tons of blood on the floor. And like they have one sound effect. And I didn't notice this till I was playing the DLC. They have one sound effect for running
1: through water Mm. and they play it when you go through Through the blood (laughs) you leave bloody footprints too even if you barely step in it which is a nice touch even
0: though it's a little bit maybe overdone (laughs) uh so yeah you'll be going through and like every small amount of blood on the ground is a is enough of a pool to make it make a splash sound when you
1: pad through it it's an entire human body's worth of blood every time there's blood. Yep. Uh,
0: but yeah, I think the, the reason that I thought that would be a good thing to talk about is because we do want to get into the actual plot of this game, uh, and it focuses around the Murkoff Corporation, mm-hmm. mostly, and then in the moment about, like, three characters, You have Dr. Weineke, I can't do German, I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. Uh, who is like... Dr. V. (laughs) Dr. V, I think it's W. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah, but (laughs) that guy, who is the guy behind the Project Wall Rider thing, you have father, dad... (laughs) Martin Father Martin yeah that's right uh who sort of guides you through the game in a very strange way that is unclear why your character continues to follow him Mm -hmm. uh and the doctor who is there only briefly and then is killed by an elevator uh those are you your primary characters uh throughout the game and and you are in the in the narrative of the game, you play as as a journalist. You're somebody who received a message to go to Mount Massive because there's something weird going on. And rather than show up with the army, which I guess is what <laughs> you should have done, you go in alone and try to expose what's happening by recording it. And that's your explanation for why you have the video camera, and that's why you're there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, it very quickly deviates and (laughs) (laughs) you end up getting thrown deeper and deeper into this thing to the point where your overall goals are extremely muddied and are replaced many times by just like get some fuses so that you can move to the next zone and Mm -hmm. then once you get to the next zone then the it'll keep changing back like get out find a way out that kind of a thing right and I honestly kind of like the objective system, even though it, it is mostly meaningless in this game, uh-huh. just because it keeps the end goal sort of like in sight, but far enough away that you don't know when mm. you're actually going to be getting there. Yeah, it keeps moving the goalposts. Right. Um, it's really minor, but it's something that
1: sort of stands out to me. I
0: thought it was a good decision.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it is, it does kind of start to feel weird that, like, your character is still, like, didn't just turn around in Call the Cops. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but, you know, lots of video games have that kind of issue. Like, why would you why, the last thing you would do if this was happening to you in real life is proceed. <laughs> um, but it is a video game, so. Mm-hmm. Um. I found the actual, like, progression towards, like, the underground secret base to be pretty effective. Yeah. Like, especially the way it looks. Like, the walls are, like, white and they look like salts or ice or something. I don't know what they're supposed to be uh but it just has like a really cool look that i was not expecting. It it it's it, like turns into like portal or something like you just reached old aperture <laughs> underneath of the uh asylum. Yeah, cuz it's it's like tunnels
0: or something that are dug out underneath of the asylum. Mm-hmm. And classic. Yeah, absolute classic villain move mm-hmm. uh to Deeper have an underground, underground lair. <laughs> uh and it is great. I think it looks super good, uh, as you called out, and there's a an element of surprise to it because you don't necessarily even if you have like an idea as to what's going on, like all this experimentation and stuff, nothing in the game points you to just how science fiction
1: y it gets. Mm hmm. Um which is really neat. Yeah, like the ghost, whatever it's it's called, I don't remember they have a name for it. The wall rider. The wall rider. Yeah. Uh it shows up a few times. Like I actually kinda liked it it's not foreshadowing, but the way that they like set it up where he like he'll show up a couple times earlier and then you're like what the hell is that? And then they like you they give you enough time to kind of forget about it before he actually becomes a real thing. Um but yeah, it almost kinda feels like it turns into a different game. Yeah. Uh, when you're in the underground facility, Billy also Billy <laughs> the, the the Wall Rider's name is Billy Hope. Billy Hope. Okay. Yeah. Um. Because like yeah, like the the it, it just it feels like a classic like PC game or not PC game, but like this. I feel like there's other games that it reminds me of. I already mentioned Portal, but like the whole sequence where you had, like you find the um the lab where he's inside the pod and you have to go and unplug the life support felt like very like final boss of portal, like, mm-hmm. or like even like something they'd make fun of, like in the Stanley parable, you're in like that big facility and he's like, Stanley got to push the, the correct buttons to terminate the launch <laughs> sequence. It just felt like a classic scene. Yeah. Um Yeah. I don't know. It just really, I, I could see somebody not liking it cuz mm-hmm. it deviates so much, but like it was so unexpected that I found it really like the spectacle like kind of worked for me.
0: Yeah. I think cuz I said the 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 lab part I did like even though it was a big nothing on the first half. <laughs> yeah. What I re- what I mean by that is that like throughout the game there's like a mix between like the chase sequences or the hiding sequences where you are trying to avoid being killed. And the sequences where you have to make your way through an area by finding ways to progress. Um, the game is pretty railroady, but like its puzzles are all
1: area-based. It's like, how do I get through it's here? It's just lock and key.
0: Yeah. It's either lock and key or crawl under desk. Yep. Those are your two solutions. I actually
1: like the part where... Um... You get the fuses, and then you open the uh, the laundry chute, and the guy's corpse falls down, and then you have to go down back down the stairs and find, like, the sign for the laundry room to go get it. Yeah. Like, you actually have to think about what you're doing.
0: Yeah, and that stuff is very cool, and is sort of, like, that is really what you're – that's what the gameplay loop is. In the marketing for this game. Yeah. You either are doing that or the part they don't talk about, which is where you sit in a locker for 10 minutes. (laughs) uh, And the, the part in the basement is nothing. It's like that. It is a totally separate... You're just constantly being chased by something that can go through walls and can never lose sight of you. So you're just running. Uh, and you do that for the whole duration of that part and then it is over. And it feels like the kind of thing where they're, they were trying to figure out how to make a final boss in a game with no combat. Yeah. And it works in my opinion. Like, I think that it actually is like cool and,
1: uh, neat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, the set piece nature of it, like elevates it. Like, yeah. the contrast. Yeah, it just it feels different, and
0: I like the fact that there is this element of you can see it if you have the night vision on, but this area is fully lit, so you can't see much else Mm -hmm. if you do that. Um, It doesn't play much of a part because you basically never have to look at it. Yeah, you just just run away from it. Yeah.
1: Which actually, there's one sequence where it's like chasing you for like the whole time, uh-huh. and it's like it's playing that music, but I'm like, I'm not sure if it's still chasing me. Like I thought that was actually pretty tense because I'm like, I am n- just gonna not stop running just in case. Exactly. Yeah, going up all those fucking stairs. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yep. Uh, but it reminds me actually of another mechanical thing that we didn't mention at all um, because nobody uses it. But I've been fascinated with it since I played this game the first time, and that is. Only when running, if you press one of the shoulder buttons, your character will turn around and look behind them oh. uh, without you having to, like, actually turn around because you run slower when you're facing the other way. Uh, and I love this mechanic. It's so useless because the, the, it's basically a button that says, scare you. That's <laughs> the <laughs> only purpose it serves. Yeah, I didn't even know you could do that. It pops up for, like, one second and uh, it's gone. I just missed it. Yeah. Uh, and it's I've thought about it a lot. It's like it's a really interesting mechanic when you think about it in the abstract, but like practically it does nothing. And I guess it is one way that you could check if you were being chased mm-hmm. in that last yeah. sequence. But for the most part, you just always want to be moving forward and getting the fuck away from whatever's behind you. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It, it is it's interesting and it's not, like I I've talked maybe not on the podcast uh, about a game idea that I've had for a long time called Oh Fuck Run that is what if you made a racing game but it was just you being chased by a monster, and like the whole goal was just to get to the
1: end of that to as not possible. get last place, yeah. And then the <laughs> last place will die. Uh, and so it could just... be like an elimination thing mm-hmm. that would be pretty cool.
0: But I always love the idea of incorporating the look behind you button in that because it allows you to like actually look at the monster and mm-hmm. like get a sense, and maybe you could do something mechanically with it looking at it. Gives you an adrenaline boost. It makes you run mm. faster,
1: uh, but, you but can't if you get it front too of you. much, yeah, yeah, you'll <laughs> drain your sanity. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll start to lose control of your character. Yeah, you'll
0: start stumbling left and right. Yeah, uh, but this game doesn't have anything like that. But it does have the scare you button, and I, I like that button. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't use it,
1: but I like it. That is there. The idea of it is fascinating yep. to me. So, this might be a dumb question, mm-hmm. but I noticed, like, the achievements had things like, like, moments that you could record. Yeah. Uh, is there, a, like, a button for that? <laughs> no. Or, like, how does that work? Because I feel like I I didn't capture, like, any of those things. Yeah,
0: so, th- this is the unique part of the the camera element of the game yeah is like it's the see, it felt
1: thing. like there was something i missed
0: yeah what it is is you just have to like look at stuff you just point with the, the camera, camera... up
1: because i feel like i did that
0: yeah you probably did and you probably found some of them yeah, okay it's I like can...
1: any other thing that's like a handwritten note right i only ended up with like three of those
0: oh by wow. the end of the game i had like 10 just in the dlc so
1: yeah like I, I felt like I pointed, like, I was using the camera a lot, and mm-hmm. I just, like, missed a bunch of stuff.
0: Yeah, and a lot of it is, like, if you think something is going to happen, keep your camera trained on something, and it will. Yeah. There's a lot of times when the solution to get the thing is just record something for longer than you mm-hmm. think that you would That's need to say That's probably what there. it is, then. Yeah, like, the one for where they show you the... Uh, Fucking slideshow! Oh uh, yeah, in the movie
1: theater. I didn't even think to film that. Yeah,
0: if you want, you have to watch it for like, uh, like a whole minute, and yeah. then you get a, a note for it. Um, and it's like, like I played it on the Switch this time so that I can play it at work. Of course, uh,
1: th- uh, classic Chad to my boss. If you're listening to this, sorry. Uh... <laughs> Should add that to the drinking game. Yeah, Chad plays game at work. <laughs>
0: Uh, And so I didn't really, I didn't have achievements to, Mm -hmm. like, refer to. Um, (laughs) So there's really no reason for me to do them outside of just my own personal satisfaction. Right. But since we're on sort of the narrative half here, I want to talk about how the fact that the game is written, it's written fine. Mm Mm-hmm in terms of the plot and narrative but all of the characters are the same there are two characters in the game Mm -hmm. there's your character and the character you play in the dlc and then every patient and every uh security guard right and they all have the same voice not literally but they all speak in in a
1: similar way yeah and it's, it doesn't feel like the notes are by, from unique people.
0: Yeah, it's super weird and kind of hard to like parse. Like you never read a note and go like, "Oh, okay, I see how this connects." Like you have to fucking decipher what email address it came from.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was I thought that was an interesting detail is that they all had email addresses on them. Mhm. I I like what was the what game?
0: Outer Wilds. In Outer Wilds, they have those, uh, like, the spiral text that you translate, Mm -hmm. and it has different characters speaking, and each of those characters have, like, a through line to their story, uh, and... It felt like those characters meant something in that game. Mm -hmm. And in this game, it was like every note was either written by a totally different person and didn't tie into other things except for what was immediately happening to you. Mm -hmm. Or it was impossible to figure out who was talking unless you actively, like, cross-referenced them. And... So I think maybe this is just an of
1: the time kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've made a lot of strides in this kind of storytelling well, over the years. It might also be that this is like an indie game and they just didn't have like uh enough like a enough of like a writing staff to really like pull that off to like the degree you would expect.
0: No, I fu- and I fully believe and agree with that. It just like when you have a game that has these kind of notes it would be nice if they served a deeper purpose than to just, like, reiterate what
1: you already have seen. Yeah, it does kind of feel like they put them in because, like, that's what these kinds of games do. hmm uh, They're debatably better than audio logs. Sure. Yeah. Uh, speaking of audio logs, uh-huh. um, we already kind of talked around, like, the uh, secret base and everything, but, like, the, the main uh, bad guy, like, the doctor in charge of the secret lab, Mm -hmm. Uh, is totally just the scene from Bioshock uh, where you meet Andrew Ryan Mm -hmm. and he's just, like, behind glass.
0: Yeah. It is basically that. It
1: just just felt like such, like, a direct parallel to me that I had to mention it. Yeah. And didn't want to let that opportunity slip by.
0: (laughs) I find the dude behind glass is... So much, like, the video game version of We Can't Have Nice Things, <laughs> where it's like, if they put the character in front of you and it wasn't a cutscene, everyone playing the game would just, like, try and jump on his head and yeah. stuff and like, ruin the scene. So you have to put them behind glass so that it doesn't or fucking... So that you don't try to kill him. <laughs> yeah. Like, nobody will just have a conversation with someone in a game because you have all these verbs and you don't want to sit still. Yeah. And I'm guilty of it as well. During his whole conversation, I was trying to parkour all over his office. <laughs> like, it's, it's not like I am immune to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, it's funny to, to bring up. I'm glad that you mentioned it. What were we talking about? <laughs> the
1: narrative, kind of. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the the writing and the emails and stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Because the actual story behind the game isn't bad. It is like a corporation doing something for essentially, like, military-industrial purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're trying to make money by creating a weapon, and the way that they're creating this weapon is by experimenting on all of these... Inmates and also eventually staff as they start to, like, question the, the morality of what's going on. Mm-hmm. They start getting black bagged and,
1: and admitted to the hospital, uh, which is a classic scene. It's a- <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a very, like, standard kind of story for this mm-hmm. uh, sort of genre. But I think, it, yeah, it, it serves the game well. Like, it's effectively done. Yeah, you being, like,
0: a third party in it, I think, helps a lot. Because uh, mm-hmm. you end up being, it feels like you are seeing the aftermath of of things. Yeah, but while stuff is still going on, um, probably one of the cooler things about this game's setting to me is that it isn't a game like a like Silent Hill, right, where everything is happening because you are there, or like a. I'm, I'm going to struggle for some reason on this one, even though it's really common, where you show up at the aftermath of something. The thing that came to mind is fear, but nobody's <laughs> played fear at, at at this point. After the fall sort yeah, of thing. Where you come in and it's like, oh, all this stuff did happen. Uh, because it's happening sort of...
1: Like Outer Wilds.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going to bring it up again.
1: Yeah. Uh, or am- I guess amnesia is kind of like that... Yeah, even Be- though it's directly after it, <laughs> Yeah. as like we discussed on that episode, like a day later. Mm-hmm. Uh, no,
0: that is that's actually the perfect example, and the fact that I didn't think about it is kind of <laughs> embarrassing, uh, <laughs> because everything's happening sort of in media res d- when you arrive is is interesting because you do get to find the 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 past documents and stuff mm-hmm. and get the backstory, but you also are like actively in the middle of stuff happening uh which for a horror game i feel like it it rarely
1: is this uh this is more the domain of like a military shooter right uh it feels it's kind of like resident evil mm-hmm. like, like resident evil 7 i feel like has some parallels yeah for sure bioweapon <laughs> secret labs etc then secret underground labs mm-hmm. yeah these are, this
0: is basically resident evil 7 <laughs> Just put that on the back of the box. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so, what about the the DLC? What is the story of that lovely lady? Uh, well, it was bringing up three very lovely girls, mm-hmm. um,
0: and it is the opposite of the main game in a lot of ways because it is the f- you play as the guy who sends the email. That, you're, that your character receives, which is, like, the wildest fucking, like, direct character to pull. I guess when you only have a few characters in your game, you don't have much
1: to yeah, draw I, on. I feel like if you were, like, on, the like, the development team for this, that's probably something that would seem interesting to you. Like, who did send the email that kicked off the events? Like, it... <laughs> If you actually sat and thought about it, it it makes some kind of sense.
0: Yeah, no, and I I don't disagree. I actually like the choice, but it is a little bit like if...
1: Yeah, it's something that you, the player, would never even think about. Yeah.
0: It it is like if in Half-Life 2's DLC you played as the G-Man, though. It's just like, well, this feels like a weird disconnect from... That's actually not even really that good of an example. That would be sick. Valve, (laughs) you should do this. Um... But you end up, like, playing before uh, Miles, I think is
1: his name? It is, actually.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You play before Miles shows up, because the first thing you do in the DLC is send the email. And then they realized that you sent the email yeah. immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and no one was surprised. <laughs> and no one was surprised. And they have you also, surprising no one, admitted to the hospital and subjected to the same, like, tests as everybody else is.
1: Yeah, like, I played about, like, maybe an hour of it, and mm-hmm. it started to make me nauseous. Uh, I don't know why. Sometimes first-person games make me motion sick. But, um... So I stopped playing it, but, like, the the fact that, like, the beginning is so... The opposite made me think the gameplay was going to be more different. And then when it was just the same thing, I thought it was actually kind of disappointing.
0: Yeah. I was a little sad because I... I played this when it came out, and but I've never returned to the DLC. Mm-hmm. I've only ever replayed the main game and have shown other people the main game. So the DLC is like a one-time memory from long ago. From the before times? From the before times. And uh, it was a strange experience to go back because I've now also played Outlast 2, uh, which makes changes to the base mechanic set of the game slightly but in a good way in my opinion and then the dlc doesn't at all like yeah. it, it, it's it it shouldn't surprise me because it is dlc and it came out long
1: before the second game did. sure it just it feels like it's setting up expectations though because of the way it starts that there's going to be something different about it
0: yeah and there really just isn't uh you even just pick up a camera
1: yeah like i was like oh this sounds <laughs> kind of weird <laughs> Uh like when you wake up in that chair and there's just a camera and I'm like, Oh, here we go. Yep, gotta get the camcorder. Yep. Uh
0: and (laughs) But yeah, so you go through this whole sequence of the game that is like just playing Outlast more. Uh if anything, it's like a little bit worse because (laughs) it has (laughs) it has a lot of puzzles that are traversal puzzles. But it, they're super unclear about where you're supposed to go, and it's really finicky about where it's going to let you. Like, perfect example, very early in the, in the DLC, there's an area that's just, like, a big hallway. And the solution is to go down a branch of the hallway, climb up on some boxes that are really obvious boxes to climb up on, uh-huh. and then climb up onto a part of the wall. But the the wall looks the same all the way across it, but there's one area that has a plank of wood, mm. and you can only grab where that plank of wood is, even though there's no functional difference between it and anywhere else. So you can get up there and jump, and the guy just does the jump animation where there isn't a special <laughs> animation played. And you're like, am I in the wrong place? Am I doing this wrong? You run around for a while. Eventually, you'll come back and get to him and be like, that's kind of bullshit. (laughs) But then eventually, there's a sequence, the memorable sequence that I was talking about, where the guy tries to fucking cut your balls off. Mm -hmm. um, Literally, unfortunately. And uh, 12 hours passes. And during (laughs) that 12-hour period, the whole first game occurs. Oh, yeah, and so you wake up and leave and steal the guy's car and le- like you leave the in the same car <laughs> steal that you were car. In. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's weird. I would not have expected that.
0: Yeah, it's extremely strange, and I actually kind of liked it because yeah. you at least know that the character is dead at the end. Spoilers. Yeah, Miles dies. Yeah, Miles Dyson. <laughs> but I do also like the idea that if it was ambiguous as to whether or not he was dead. The idea that you just fucking jacked his car
1: and now he can't leave is pretty good also. Uh, he gets shot dead by the, the military. Oh, he doesn't get shot dead by the military. He kind of he becomes the the Wall Rider or yeah. whatever. He played a lot of Tony Hawk. Yeah. It's spelled like
0: W-A-L Rider. Mm-hmm. Like Walmart. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm sure that it means something potentially in enjoyment maybe it's a vol rider i don't know
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh but yeah i did just think about skateboarding the whole game <laughs> of course <laughs> <laughs> but that's a dlc it's more of the <laughs> same it's like an hour and a half expansion pack to the main game and it's it's decent it has one extremely great moment and then mostly more of the same game so if you liked outlast a lot
1: I would say it's probably worth playing. Yeah. I feel like the fact that I played it right away probably, like, didn't do it any favors. Like, yeah. it probably would have been better to, like, wait a while and then play it. Mm-hmm. You do wear Cause... some pretty stylish shoes, though, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It's, we we talked about this um, when we talked about Phoenix Wright, um, where... We, we were playing, like, the the Switch version, like, the enhanced port or whatever. Right. Um, it's also on PC, but um, and it just has the DLC in it, and we played it, and we felt like it felt like a, like, kind of, like, overkill. Like, playing it along with the main game kind of, like, detracted from it, it felt like.
0: Yeah. It was, like, a huge, especially, like, because in that game, the game feels like it ends, and has like a yeah. reasonable ending. And it's point. like here's some more. Yeah, and it just very smoothly coasts into the next case. <laughs> yeah. So
1: like, if it's DLC, that is just you liked the game. Here's more of it. Uh huh. G- give give it a break before you touch that. Yeah. It'll, it'll make it better. I gave it a break of one day. Yeah. <laughs> Don't recommend that. Um,
0: I wanted to touch on the music a bit. Sure. Um, because I actually like it more than i remembered liking it. Uh, it it is tense. Like it emphasizes the tension in a totally non-diegetic horror movie ass mm-hmm. striking violin sounds way. And i feel like with how cheesy this game can be sometimes, it is the perfect accompaniment to it.
1: Yeah, and no, it definitely enhances it. Like, I feel like the You Died music is, is memorable, especially.
0: Yeah. I want to shout out Bad Rumble Design, which is something that I've never said before in my whole life. But when you die in the game, you die in real life. <laughs> <laughs> when you get hit, it rumbles, mm. and then you get hit a second time. Can, you, can you not turn it off? you probably can but my <laughs> my rumble problem only occurs when you die uh-huh. so it never happened to me cuz i'm great uh, but you get hit you get the death blow and it rumbles for that and mm-hmm. then it goes completely dead and then it plays the bah! of the dying song mm-hmm. and then just like a few seconds in it's just like <laughs> And just blasts a rumble sort of in a weird disconnected way for two seconds and then stops. That is it's very really weird. Super strange. <laughs> but yeah, the the dying music is good. I like the background music most of the time, and when it fades out, like you get that real like sense of safety
1: you're like i'm away from the danger now yeah and like the music uh picks up whenever you're being chased and stuff like that Mm -hmm. yeah good cues in there
0: it is debatably pretty basic in terms of sound design but the actual
1: like music behind it is is really good and fits the game well Mm -hmm. uh we mentioned it earlier but i wanted to briefly talk about the you lose your camera part. Yes. Um, because, like, when it happened, I was like, oh, like, hell yeah. Like, this is the thing that it needed at this point to, like, shake up the gameplay. It's like, kick out your crutch from underneath you. Um, and I was very disappointed how short that part was. Yeah. Because the part is good. Yeah, it, it is great. It's just... like I tried to just proceed. Like, you, you uh, climb back up onto this um, wooden part, uh, like plank thing, that broke out from under you, and it's why you dropped your camera. Mm-hmm. And like I tried to like crawl up and then like explore the immediate hallway there, but it's too black, and it's like you can't explore the darkness without the camera. Yeah, and like I don't know, I just felt really imposing, even though it spelled it out for me, which was kind of lame, <laughs> uh, and told me I could just couldn't do it. Like I don't know, there was something about it that felt like staring into the void. intimidating i was like oh i guess i gotta go get that camera (laughs) and then you do and then it's over unfortunately yeah i i do want to say and i like that it has a crack in the lens after
0: that i will say that that does it telegraphs how close to the end of the game you are because you do think like no one in their right mind would make the player play the whole rest of the game with this crack in the screen, mm. just like as part of the of the UI element. Uh, but I don't know. Did you ever like put the camera down? Because yeah. I basically never did.
1: Yeah, I, I I was always like not sure if it was like really 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 slowly using battery if I left the camera up. Fair. So I would always put it down okay when i wasn't in night vision this and then, also... I then i wouldn't have to toggle it so like i would put it up in the night vision would just be on uh, okay so, so you I could used just it put... more like the flashlight yeah yeah
0: i i leave it up all the time this is also probably why you didn't get a ton of those notes Yep, yeah, probably um
1: so the crack was there for me for mm. the whole game yeah it didn't really bother me i actually kind of liked it fair i mean it's cool yeah I would say it would bother me if, like, the whole game was like that. Yeah. But, like, if it had happened, like, halfway through the game and it was there the whole rest of the time, like, I probably would have thought that was cool. Fucking. Can...
0: <laughs> you got me, I guess. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I just, uh, I like it, like, it's, like, acknowledging, like, there were consequences to, like, dropping it. I, I don't know. I just think that's, like, a. That's a little flavor. Little little spice. Yeah,
0: and I, I think that the game does a good job with that a lot of the time. Uh, both in the main game and the, in the DLC, there are parts where you injure yourself. Um, oh yeah, you lose your fingers. Lose your fingers, and they stay off for the rest of the game. There's never a point where they like mysteriously
1: grow back. I do feel like it was kind of weird though that it isn't addressed at all. Like you never have a point where like you pour peroxide on them mm-hmm. or they get like cauterized or like. <laughs> The fact that you're just you just have open wounds on your hands yep. the whole rest of the game and yep. it isn't really <laughs>
0: the ring finger on your right hand has like the bone yeah
1: coming out. <laughs> it's just not acknowledged
0: yeah and you you also think like maybe he'll like wrap it or something yeah or something yeah. like that yeah just nothing ever happens uh, which is bizarre but it does. Um... And, but, yeah, and then there's also a point, like, at the end of the game is less of a thing, but you do develop a limp, and then you'll end up eventually... Yeah, I like that, too. Yeah. Uh, and it happens in the DLC as well. You get, like, a pipe shoved through your fucking leg, and then you can't jump for the rest of the game, mm-hmm. which is nice. Um But on the topic of a part where you lose the camera, it's part of the reason that I like the female ward because I feel like it was designed a lot with the idea that you're going to be navigating it without the camera. And so you have more of this, like, well, like everything's a little bit better lit. Yeah. uh, And there's it feels like a choice as to whether you can have the camera up or not. Um, And it just it feels like it's very it feels like a very natural level where you're moving through areas and the way forward is fairly clear. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then once you get to the end of it, then you get the camera back and then there's pressure on you.
1: And there's an immediate like a chase. Yeah. To get back to to where you were, which is great. I I like that. It it does that. Yeah. Like you get the camera back and you look around, there's like a bajillion people (laughs) in the room you're in. Yeah. It's a good moment.
0: It's really, yeah. And once again, the set piece moments are yeah. what
1: this game is made of. There's for. another one moment where like you hear like a knocking on a door and then you open it and there's just a dude there and he just stands there for a couple seconds then he turns around and walks to the other door and starts beating his head against it yep. and then like, he doesn't do anything to you. Like the use of like passive enemies that don't attack you I think is used to great effect like it always keeps you on your toes.
0: Yeah. Like, there's a guy in that part that you were talking about with the fuse box. Mm. When you drop the the shit down the laundry sit- chute. Yeah. There's a guy in the... AKA cor- a corpse. A corpse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a guy in the corner of the basement. Mm. Uh, you never have to look at or see him at all. But because I was looking at all of the desks and t- and tables and stuff, mm-hmm. I ran into him. And if you come up to him your character will, like, kind of, like, put his ha- put his hand up. Mm. Uh, and then if you get too close, he just turns around and fucking slits your throat. No. So No. There's just a guy whose entire purpose is to kill you. And he's just sort of hidden in a yeah. corner. And I love that. Like, uh, they just do these things, like, these little moments that are really... Uh, Great, like, horror moments that they put into the game. Mm-hmm. It feels a little bit more like it's a movie than a game at times. Yeah.
1: Much like Uncharted. Yes. <laughs>
0: <sighs> well, do we have Nathan Drake thoughts? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> uh, do we have...
1: Uncharted thoughts. Fuse box thoughts.
0: Fuse box thoughts.
1: Uh, I guess my fuse box thoughts are uh I I like this game. I, I'm glad that I finally got to come back to it. Like the podcast once again highlights just how casually I used to play games 'cause like the part that I got stuck on, like, wasn't even hard this time. <laughs> like i was just really bad at running away from enemies for some reason yeah um but uh (laughs) it felt good to come back and actually finish this like i probably played it the first time in like 2014 like the first hour and a half of it or whatever uh and it's always been there like on the on my list of things to check out um but yeah, like I, I really do like that it is quote the uncharted of horror games. Mm-hmm. Like it's fast paced. Like you don't feel like you get lost. It's always pretty clear where to go next. There's only like a couple little snags. I feel like along the way where I didn't know where to go, but it was a smooth experience. It's it's got those set pieces. It's I, it's a great game. Like it knows what length to be. Mm-hmm. We always praise that about games. Like it's it's good length for a haunted house style game, um, and I think the haunted house design is actually really good. There are parts of this that really feel like very cleverly designed jump scares that are actually effective and not annoying. Um, their use of lighting um, to like show you which way to go, like in chase sequences, like it's like and the use of blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, to follow is pretty effective. Like, yeah, it goes down smooth, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's like, it's a polished, the design is actually pretty polished, I think. Um, it's impressive that this is an indie game. Like it feels a little bit more like a, like a quote, double A game, right. like something that's kind of a step above an indie project. Um, oh, and there was one thing I had in my notes I completely forgot to bring up because I it's speculation. But there was one part, and I don't remember which area it was, but you walk into a room where there's water on the ground and like a splash comes up. Yeah. And I'm like, is that an intentional amnesia reference? Mm. Because it looks like the way like the the invisible monster splashes through the water in that game. Um and I want to believe that it is. Yeah. <laughs> um But yeah, I guess I will quit rambling on and say, like, I thought this was really good. It it's impressive, and I think uh like a great I don't know if I'd call it like a classic like a modern classic, like you said you might describe it um before you replayed it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd go that far, but it is a really good game and like a a good smooth like uh like i don't I don't know what the right word for it is like it's <laughs> uh it's really dense like it's a high quality like short experience, and I liked it a lot, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, you brought it up there at the end, uh,
0: sort of what I, <laughs> where I land on this. This game is, I am less positive on this now than I was then, and then in this case being the, like, the year of its release. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a big Amnesia fan when that game came out. I was a big Penumbra fan before that. I, I love these slow, no fighting like puzzly horror games and to me outlast felt like something very new when i played it the first time uh it felt like the natural evolution of something like an amnesia it's set in the modern day it has this like camera and we didn't even mention that both of us are big fans of Mm -hmm. found footage uh it, it might be in that in that camp where you can't really say, like, I'm a big fan of found footage, but, like, when found footage is done well, we like it yeah. a lot. Uh, like REC or, uh, like, Cl- the original
1: Cloverfield, I think, yeah. are good examples. Or, if you haven't seen it, Grave Encounters. Yes, yeah, so Grave Encounters. Great found footage film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it
0: echoes that kind of an aesthetic, and it's something that we we're drawn to because of that and because of the existence of Amnesia. And this, like, new wave of horror games. So, as a pioneer of this genre, uh, which I guess is weird to call, like, the first game to copy Amnesia a pioneer. <laughs> Though, I don't think it is It is not a direct copy, so I, I give it lots of it credit. It does its own thing. Yeah. Uh, it is super good. I It does the thing that it wants to do really well. I think the game pads itself a bit. Uh, there's a little bit too much dude with knife running around, uh, and the game doesn't give you enough time to drink in sort of the, (laughs) the atmosphere. It's a lot of hallways with blood in them, but it's done in a way that is unnerving because you are confused. You, the game doesn't have a map. You don't know where you are most of the time. You don't know when your next respite's going to be. So when you have those moments to like kind of take in what your situation is, uh they really stand out as like cool good moments that make the game feel more real and give you more of an experience uh so it's not perfect by any means i still consider it to be like one of the classics of the horror modern age uh but it is it is lost a little bit of its luster over the years unfortunately um and honestly, God, I'm still waiting for something that, like, would give me the, like, the Outlast feeling again, because uh, it's very
1: rare that that happens. So. Yeah, it feels like there's less and less horror games being made all the time. Mm-hmm. Especially ones that are, like, not shovelware, yeah. like, not
0: asset flip games. Uh, But here's to a better future than Miles ever got. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to No Clip this
1: week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, it's
0: not Halloween. <laughs> it's
1: Psycho Not Halloween. It's Psycho
0: Not Halloween. We're going to be talking about Psychonauts 2, uh,
1: the new game. From <laughs> Double Fine, newly purchased by Microsoft. Microsoft yeah. Uh... <laughs> Uh, so join us
0: then for another comedy platformer in a
1: the long awaited
0: the long yes the long awaited sequel. The I feel like I'm doing a
1: sexier food over here. You, you kind of are. Right? Are, you, are you trying to come up with a joke? You Matt. seem like your mind is like over here. Sure, yeah,
0: <laughs> I felt like there might be something funny I could say, but it there wasn't. It doesn't exist.
1: <laughs> I couldn't do it.
0: And until I come up with a joke, you can find all of our contact information on our website at noclippodcast.com or on splattershot.pro, which is a great joke. Uh, there you can find our email address, our Twitter account, uh, a link to our Discord where we talk about the games. Uh, you could listen to all of our old episodes over on our YouTube channel or now on Google Podcasts, which I need to start, remember to mm-hmm. start remembering to talk about. Um Including episodes on Amnesia. And we've never done an Uncharted game. <laughs> we did do God of War, which yeah. we compared to
1: Uncharted. Yeah. Resident Evil 7. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of horror games yeah. under our belts. Yeah, I will just constantly point people to that playlist. Yeah, the horror the horror games playlist. Mm-hmm. I almost said horror movie playlist. The horror
0: movie playlist. We're trying to see how quickly we can get taken off of YouTube. <laughs> uh... If you have enough battery left in your (laughs) laptop, I guess, hit that like button. (laughs) Subscribe to the Murkoff Corporation (laughs) newsletter on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, be chased by a dude with a knife
1: into the comments section. So they know. To the person you agree least with in the comment section, just cut their fingers <laughs> off. So
0: they can never type again.
1: So they can't smash that like button.
0: Man, they sure are riding hard on the success of this game. Yeah. This is a Resident Evil 4 number
1: of re releases. <laughs> I mean, none of them are re-releases. It's just releases. Yeah. Well, right? I,
0: yeah. Well, I guess I would say like, like if I was talking to a friend, mm-hmm. so
1: like anybody but you. Yeah, all zero of those that you have.
0: <laughs> uh, I would say like, Outlast got re-released on Switch. Mm. not like I would say it got released on Switch I probably would too actually Now (laughs) now that I've said it out loud I don't agree with my own sentence